So it is great to see you this morning, whether you are here in the room or maybe you're somebody who is watching online today. And just as a quick reminder, if you haven't, if you aren't able to come on a Sunday ever, if you are isolating or caring for somebody, we do record the talk section of the service that we can put up online later on. So if you'd like to kind of carry on within the series that we are talking about, then you're able to catch up on our YouTube channel. And there's a link to it from our website as well, the front page of our website, to show you the latest service. And today, as we start a new year, we are starting a new series. The series is called All In. Perhaps you can pop up the first slide, please, Chatan. And there's a rather clever play on words with that question, All In. Because the question we're asking as we look into 2022, have to get used to saying that, is number one, are we all in? Are we all being involved in what God is calling Winchester Vineyard into for this season? And are we all in? Are we engaging? Are we doing all that we can do to be in the place where he wants us to be? Now, I don't know if you've had a chance to think a little bit about the story that Stephen read this morning. You might think it was an unusual one to think about, particularly an all-age service. And certainly that children's Bible did leave a destructive chunk out, didn't it? Those of us who are grown-ups will know that Jesus had to escape from Bethlehem and go to Egypt because his life was in danger. Because King Herod, who had been raised a Jew and was fully aware of all the prophecies around the Messiah, when he heard the wise men say that they were coming to worship the new king, he was stressed out, he was concerned, he was worried. That was threat to his throne because he knew exactly who this new king was going to be. And so all of a sudden, out of the blue, there was risk to Jesus' life. Somebody wanted to kill him. And then Joseph had that dream, as Stephen explained, and straight away, he and Mary had to get up in the night and run away. And I've got a couple of questions to ask you, and perhaps you might like to chat about them around your table or maybe whoever you're sitting with at home. And these are the two questions. What do you think Mary and Joseph might have felt like when they had to suddenly get up and run away and escape? And then a different question. If you were forced to leave home in a hurry, what three things might you take? So just spend a minute around your tables, maybe one of those questions captures your imagination, and just think about how do you think Mary and Joseph felt, or if you had to leave in a hurry, what would you take with you? And so, if anyone got any thoughts, why don't you kind of share 
How do you think Mary and Joseph might have felt? You've got any words that can describe their feelings? Shout them out. How do you think Mary and Joseph might have felt? Scared, great word. Anything else? Overwhelmed. Yeah, anything else? Intimidated, another great word. Anything else? Another description of how Mary and Joseph might have felt? Yeah, shout up. Micah, have you got one or are you just scratching your head? Bewildered. Bewildered, that's another good word. Thank you. So lots of things that Mary and Joseph might have felt. I wonder if they thought, how can this be happening? The angel appeared. He told us to call Jesus, Jesus, which means God saves. And yet we're having to save this baby. We're trying to rescue him. And as we know from the story that sadly there were other babies who weren't saved in in that instance. Their families went through huge grief and loss. Now we know that later on, when it was safe for Jesus to return, Joseph had another dream. And so why would we tell this story here and now? Well, let's have a look at the next slide, and there are two more questions to think about around your table. As you hear this story, is there anything particular that impacts you? And what might God be saying to you today? Just spend a couple of moments thinking about that. And if you're joining us online, a little bit later, we're going to be sharing communion together. And so you might want to take one of these pauses to go and get some bread and wine so that you can join in with the rest of the church family. So how does this story impact you? And what might God be saying to you? Perhaps you can draw your conversations to a close and come back here now. But those are good questions to be asking as we're looking at what the Bible says. What's this mean for me today? What's God saying to me today? And you know, for me, this story really reminds us that the relevance of the story of Christmas doesn't end when the tree comes down and the decorations are put away. Has anyone still got their tree up this week? Has everyone got them down? Do you know, my neighbour has this fantastic idea. She has her Christmas tree, which looks amazing. And then when it's time to put it away, she has a huge bag that she puts over the top and she puts it in the back of the garage until it's ready to come out again next year. I thought, wow, that's clever, because it takes us ages to undo all the lights and all that kind of business. But this story reminds us that the Christmas story is still relevant to us. But as the next chapter unfolds, it's filled with uncertainty and the fragility of life. And it reminds us that Jesus lived a very real life, full of pain and disappointment and twists and turns. And he knows what we're going through. 
And I'm very aware that some of us in the room might have been in the situation that Mary and Joseph and Jesus found themselves in. You might have had to leave somewhere in a hurry. You might have been in a situation where you felt your life was at risk or the life of people that you loved was in danger. Those are very real situations for people, even within our community. And so knowing that Jesus has been that too, through that too, is really relevant to us as we start a new year. Now, I've been wondering what Jesus might be saying to us as individuals and as a church. And there are two verses that came out from the Bible that kind of jumped out at me. And maybe you've got other things that God might be speaking to you about today. And if that's the case, just encourage you to make a note of it on one of the pieces of paper that's in your pack. The first verse is this. It's from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's verse 7. And there's a slide there. Thank you, Tatan. And it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And another translation says, We live by believing and not seeing. And we're going to be thinking about that in a moment. Before we do that, I have a challenge for you. Around your table, I'd like you to stand up if you might, if you will. If you're able to stand while you get on your feet. And this is the challenge. Don't move until I say. But the challenge is for everybody on your table to take your shoes off and then put them out in size order in front of your table. And when you have done that, to sit down and wave. And Nigel's going to be watching and see who is the first able to do it. So when I say, don't start already, no sneaking, on your marks, get set, go. Ah, they're quicker. Mm-hmm. Oh, well done. They're done over there. Amazing. Well done. Fantastic. I know it was trickier for some people, wasn't it? If you had like loads of laces, that was really hard. The winners were over here. Well done. Brilliant team. Fantastic. Now, now you haven't got your shoes on, one of the things you might like to do is find one of the blank pieces of paper in your bag. And if they're not too smelly, take your sock off as well and draw around your foot. And in your bag, there's some paper so you can draw around it and cut it out and then maybe write one of these verses in the middle of the bag. Has everybody got what they need? Now, you don't need to chat a lot about this. Just get the paper out, draw around your foot, and then you can cut it out whilst I carry on talking to you. And so what Paul... So if you listen up now, so this is something to keep you busy if you need something to do with your hands, but if you don't, then you can just look at me and listen to me. Lovely, thank you. So that verse in the Bible is that we walk by faith and not by sight. And the context for that is that Paul has already spent time in 2 Corinthians talking about the challenging circumstances he finds himself in. He talks about being hard-pressed, persecuted, struck down, beaten, imprisoned, experiencing riots, experiencing hard work, having sleepless nights, being hungry. And if somebody asked you about the experiences that you've lived through in the past year, or the things that you're anticipating next year, I wonder what you'd say. Now, if you are drawing or you're colouring, you can do that with your mouth closed, okay? Because the grown-ups are trying to listen to me. So we don't mind a little bit of noise, that's fine, but not chatting away. 
Thank you. So let's think about the experiences that we might describe, the circumstances that we've been in. Perhaps you talk about the uncertainty and the upheaval of COVID. Maybe you talk about disruption to work or your kids' education. Perhaps you talk about the stress and pressure of your mental health declining. Maybe there's been a real strain on relationships. Or maybe your situation isn't COVID-related at all. Maybe you've lost a loved one this year. Or maybe you're facing ill health yourself. Or maybe you're processing some financial challenges. Whatever the situation, the challenges in 2022 are very real. We might not be in imminent risk of death, but we don't know what the future holds. COVID's certainly shown us that, hasn't it? And yet Paul reminds his readers, we walk by faith and not by sight. We focus not on our circumstances, but on Jesus. And you know, I was thinking about this, I thought, what is this about? This isn't an avoidance technique just to help us forget the bad stuff. Let's just think about some good things so we can avoid the bad stuff. But this is actually a discipleship technique for those who are committed to following Jesus to help us live his way, to give us an eternal perspective. Paul describes that as we do live God's way, inside our spirits are being renewed every day. And as followers of Jesus, we know that the Holy Spirit lives within us. He's there to encourage and help us every step of the way, whatever we face. And in 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul says that we don't give up, we never lose heart. So perhaps a, a question to ponder personally is, so as you look back at the past year or you look forward, do you feel like you've given up? Do you feel like you've lost heart? Do you feel like faith is just too difficult or too disappointing, that following Jesus is just too hard? And if that's the case, then the second verse that struck me was from Galatians chapter 5, and it's verse 25, and it says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The context here is that Paul is talking about the desires within us that battle away the the evil things that are going on, the things we don't want to do, and yet the things we do want to do, and it feels like a tussle and a challenge. And he says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And he talks about the results of that. I've put the passage that he writes from the message up on the next slide. You might know it as... The verse which says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. But I thought this description from the message was a lovely way to describe how we can choose to live and how the Holy Spirit can work his character in us so that we can live this year. This is what Paul said. What happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, but able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Now, doesn't that sound like a great way to live? And then he goes on to say this. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, we we who have chosen to follow Jesus, that's the life that we've all signed up for. Let us make sure we don't just hold it as an idea in our heads 
or a sentiment in our hearts, but let's work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we won't compare ourselves with each other as if one of us was better and another one worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. Isn't that a wonderful reminder that the truth today is that you are original. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are. We're all an original. And if you've chosen to follow Jesus, or even if you want to start that today, there are implications. Our lives aren't our own anymore. Now, maybe you felt out of sorts, disengaged with faith. Sometimes Christmas, although it's the celebration of Jesus' birth, can be a bit punishing, can't it? Some people find very little time to sit and reflect and be with the Lord. But the invitation as we step into this new year is to choose to engage. That verse said, doesn't it? Since this is the kind of life we've chosen, let's make sure we don't hold it just as an idea, but we work out the implications in every detail of our lives. So we can make choices that help us to walk by faith and not by sight and to keep in step with the Spirit. Now, last year we talked a lot about different spiritual practices and habits. There are individual practices, things that we can do just ourselves. We can read a verse in the Bible and chew on it whilst we're washing up. Maybe we can pray and talk to God. Perhaps we can have some time just in quietness. And there are what are called corporate habits, things that we all do together, like coming together to worship or joining a small group and being encouraged by people and encouraging others. And I'd just like you to have a moment to think now. And there are three more questions coming up on the slides, and these are personal questions. The first is, so what uncertainties or challenges are you facing in 2022? The second one is, what are you afraid of? And the third thing is, what one thing could you do to help you keep connected with Jesus? And that might be just for you as an individual, or it might be for you as a family. So just take a moment just to think about that. And if you're busy doing some coloring or doing the word search, in a moment, I'd love to see those. I'm going to ask you to to wave those to me. So keep on going with those, because it looks like lots of you are doing a great job of those. So think about those questions. Think about the uncertainties of challenges you're facing, where you feel afraid, and what you could do to help you keep connected with Jesus. And as you think, you might want to make a note of those Anything that you feel nudged by the Lord to do? Anything you think, well, that's a good idea. I wonder if I could do that. Or I wonder if I could talk to somebody about how they read the Bible or how it works for them. Why don't you make a note of that to remind you when you get home? Do you remember, we played Simon Says earlier, didn't we? And if I could be so bold, I think that today Jesus says some things to us. I think he says different things to each one of us, and maybe he's already spoken to you in the quietness of your heart this morning through one of the songs or through something that's come up. But I think to some of us, Jesus actually says, get up 
and start walking. I think that some of us feel worn down. Our eyes are focused on our circumstances, on that family situation, or our worry about our job, or where we're gonna live, or whatever is going on in our lives. And the invitation from Jesus today is, look, don't stay sitting in that place. Don't stay sitting, looking on your circumstances, but get up, come and engage with me. And as you do that, I think to some of us, Jesus says, look up. You know, we looked up, didn't we, pretending we were stargazing. And Jesus says, look up and look at me. Do some things that help you to do that. Maybe you've got a verse from the Bible that will help you that you could just put on your bathroom mirror. So that when you go and clean your teeth or brush your hair, you can see that verse there. Do something to help you to remember to look at me. I think for some of us, Jesus says, just put down your worries. The situations are real that we're in. But the Bible reminds us to walk by faith and not by sight. And I remember Andy one time, Andy Hyder spoke, didn't he? And he said, what are you worried about? Number one, can you do anything about it? If you can, do it. Number two, can you do anything about it? If you can't, then just don't worry. We can't change things by worrying. The Bible's very clear about that. So either take action or choose not to worry. And for some of us, I think Jesus says something quite challenging. I think he actually says, turn around. You know, when we were singing, we were walking this way and we were walking that way. And I think for some of us, Jesus says, I know that you're walking away from me. Nobody else who was looking at your life from the outside would particularly notice. But you know what's going on inside your heart. You know that you're just not focusing on me, that you're maybe going through the motions or you're not really engaging with me. And he doesn't say that to give you a hard time to make you feel bad. He says that because he loves you and he wants to welcome you home and to walk with you through whatever comes this next year. And we've got a very little video and I thought you might like to see this. This is a little baby and you'll see what she's learning to do. Can you walk? There was one, one very little bit at the end where um, the little girl's walking and then all of a sudden her sister comes and knocks her over. <laughs> but, you know, in normal development, babies learn to walk, don't they? 
When you look at them as they're tiny, little flurry down here, tiny and diddly. But she will, if she develops normally, as we pray that she will, she will learn to walk. We, most of us don't really take it, we just take it for granted. That's what we do. When we sang those songs, we got up and we started to move. And so when we're little, our steps feel wobbly and hesitant. And just like in the videos, sometimes we have people who need to help us along the way. And it's true in spiritual growth and spiritual walking too. We can learn to walk with Jesus and we can learn to keep in step with the Spirit. Now there's a poem that I love to think about at the beginning of every year. And there's a tiny little extract of it I'm going to read you. It was made famous by King George VI on one of his Christmas broadcasts just as the new year um, start at uh, Christmas in 1939, just as the Second World War was starting. And it's called God Knows by a lady called Minnie Louise Haskins. And this is what it said. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than a light and safer than a known way. And so today, as we look at 2022, with all the uncertainties, that's the invitation. God's hand is stretched out towards each one of us, and he says, will you come and hold my hand? Will you come and walk with me? And in a moment, we're going to share communion together. And what we're going to do is... If you are with your family group, we have some squash in a glass and a slice of bread. And just in a moment, I'm going to ask one person from each of the tables to go and get one. Because with your family, you can share the bread and the squash. But if you're here as an individual or you don't want to share that with your family, we've also got the individual little cups that are quite fiddly for little fingers. And so our team are going to be um, bringing those around. In fact... Yeah, thank you. Dave's over there with those. And so we'll wander around the the tables. And as we take communion, it reminds us, the bread reminds us that Jesus died for us and that we can feed on him, that he's the one who sustains us. And the wine or juice reminds us of his blood, that he sacrificed for us, that he forgives us, and that we have a new relationship with God. So why don't you, if you'd like one of the glasses of juice and the slices of bread for your family, go over to the back and you can collect that now, one person from each table. And if you don't want to do that, then someone's coming round with the individual packs. And in just a moment, we are going to share communion together. And if you've drawn around your foot, you might want to write a prayer on it, a prayer of, of thinking and commitment and praying into the new year, a prayer that asking God to help you to walk with him.